everybody, and welcome to another episode of HQ Critical, a podcast where my wonderful friends, Brandon, Gabe, and Kelly, and myself talk all things gaming. I did introduce them, but let's do it again. Hi, Brandon. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I'm, I'm, uh, I was a bit tired before I came to the podcast, but now that I'm with all of you, my energy is just back, so I'm ready to get this thing going. And Kelly... My energy is not back. I'm very tired, but hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. Can anyone else, like, not sleep? Like, I'm having such trouble sleeping this week. I don't know. I'm Me. having a hard time. I feel you. I literally had the hardest time trying to stay awake for the, for, for this moment. Um, yeah, Bro, so you don't right. sleep at all. Also true, and that's why I'm dying. And I have a really long shift tomorrow before my second job, which I have to go to after the first one. So I'm just like... And Kate, how are you? I'm all right. I'm good. You guys know I got a weird angle or a different angle today because I think Windows 11 is messing with the camera drive on my PC. But plus side, I look less white. I mean, not as white. The lighting's a tad bit better coming off my iPad camera. So that's a that's a plus for me. I don't know. Because <laughs> All right, so uh, there's no segue for this. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. But Gabe, actually, you and I watched the uh, Elden Ring preview earlier today. I don't know if uh, Kelly or Brandon, if you guys got to catch it. Um, no, I okay. did not. And so I will shut up about it, and you can just quickly tell me your thoughts on it, Gabe, since you are a um, fan of the series, the genre. For any From Software fans, uh, you should be very excited for this game. It's basically the formula of all the Souls game with some some uh, what the hell is it called with some feet mechanics from Sekiro mashed into one with a horse that can jump <laughs> and like it's it's gonna be a good game. Looks very interesting. You know they they kept your generic you know. You, you can build your character however you want. You want him to do magic. You want him to, you know, wield a sword or a really, you know, massive two-handed weapon. The bosses look great. The enemies look great. Uh, there's that new feature. I, I didn't catch what it was um, called exactly because I was actually in the middle of class while I was watching this. Um, stay in school, kids. Um, but it, it looks as if, you know, the main character is able to summon phantoms of like of npc phantoms not like you know obviously you're always able to summon phantoms in from software games uh especially mm-hmm. dark souls uh, but these look like they're npc phantoms and they kind of they it looks like a very coordinated attack either you summon them and they you know they do their own thing or you hit a certain button and they all attack at the same time from different angles very excited for the game you know very open world very you know it's, it's to me it's dark souls unleashed that's basically what it is the creators just said we're going to give you dark souls but we're going to make it so much bigger than you're used to so also really cool is those those things are impervious to attacks and they showed a boss fight at the end with just like a random like npc helper just kicking ass and i was like it's the only way i could play this game uh but yeah no it looks really cool um uh oh i'm not gonna say their names because i forgot their names so i'm just gonna move on um because mm-hmm. I, I like i can't tell y'all the name of the creator or the guy who's helping George oh, R. Uh, martin and 
and oh, you see that Miyazaki, 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 yeah. Miyazaki. My bad, Miyazaki. What? What? Um, does he only have? Uh, is he only referred to as Miyazaki? Does he not have a? We mostly refer him to Miyazaki. He obviously has a first name, but most of us yeah. forget it. I sure don't remember it. So <laughs> that's why I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> so okay, well, yeah. Do you guys remember about uh, NFTs? Yeah, those things. Yes. We talked Those about things. them on a previous podcast, so I'm not going to go into what they are for listeners. You just got to listen to our previous podcast to yeah to find it about them. But um, EA's, EA calls NFTs and blockchain games the future of our industry in an earnings call. Um, this is, does somebody say something? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is from GameDeveloper.com. Uh, EA, which already makes a lot of money, wants to make even more money with carbon spewing digital goods. Um, quote: EA published its second quarter results for fiscal year 2022 yesterday, tracked in a three-month period ending September 30th, 2021. Net revenue and net profit were both up for the company, but more attention is being paid to comments made by CEO Andrew Wilson about the company's interest in blockchain games and non-fungible tokens. During an earnings call, Wilson described both business models as the future of our industry, but also said that it's still early for EA to enter the field. I think that in the context of the games we create and the live services that we offer, collectible digital content is going to play a meaningful part in our future. It's still early to tell, but I think we're in a really good position and we should expect us we should expect us to kind of think more innovatively, oh my God, sorry, uh, and creatively about that on a go forward basis. Uh, that's good news for investors, but bad news for anyone concerned about the environmental impact of blockchain tech and NFTs, not to mention the unanswered questions about using objects earned in-game as financial assets. Um, I'm going to stop there with, well, I'm going to end with saying that the company's revenue rose year over year from $1.15 billion to $1.82 billion. Profits also rose from $185 million to $294 million. That would make EA one of the handful of companies we've reported on this financial season that haven't seen a major dip from the highs of its pandemic revenue. So they are doing really, really good. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, EA is always the one that people shit on, right? For like doing... For what their was, for their kind of greedy practices. Yeah. I mean, all companies. Microtransactions. Yeah. That's what it was, the microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Mainly microtransactions. No, yeah, that's their main guilty thing. They're they're shit on for microtransactions, and now they're talking about NFTs of the future. Um, any comments <laughs> on this one? Oh, just one brief one. I'm really not surprised that it's EA that's uh, that's pushing this forward. <laughs> I can agree with that. I just, I mean. Yeah, it's in step. It's in step. That's all I can really say. Like, it's like, oh, EA is the one that's saying NFTs are the future. Cool, makes sense. Well, to be fair though, EA isn't the first gaming related company to talk about Brain NFTs. They're it. just the or, big, yeah, they're just one and of we the talked about bigger it ones. Yeah, they're just one of the bigger ones in the West. So that's why it's getting so much traction. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, NFTs are bullshit. Just pay the actual <laughs> artist. That's all I got to say about that. Fucking pay, you know, pay money to own an image when I can just go on Google and save it off the fucking search. But power to the people, or whatever the fuck it is you crypto people talk about. All right, well, Marvel's Adventures update is coming, and it's adding the new Claw Raid and the PlayStation exclusive Hero Spider-Man on November 30th. So we finally have a release date for Spider-Man's PlayStation exclusive character coming to Marvel's Avengers. Do you guys care? Is it going to save the game? Nobody cares. Care about it? What do you think? Do no. you guys want to make a pool? 
You guys want to make a pool over if it's going to get delayed again or not? Pool? Are you saying a pool? A pool. Pool, like a, like a gambling Like a betting pool. pool. Oh, a hey, pool. We don't say gambling, betting. It's a betting pool. We don't, we don't gamble here. No, yeah, it's betting. But we can bet. We can bet. We can bet. Uh, what was the, what, what are we, wait, what, is, what was it? If it's going to get, if the Spider-Man thing is going to get delayed again or not. November uh, I don't 30th. think so. Not if they announce it this. No, well, let me not <laughs> let, 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 let me not yeah, exactly. Let, let me not even say that. We've gotten we've gotten some some of the last minute delays in the past. It's not common though. It's not. I, I will say it's not common to, to announce this close and then delay it. It's it's not impossible. It's just, it's just not common. That's all I'm going to say. No, my my um, my. I, I, for me personally, I think Smart Money says they won't delay it again. I mean, it's literally one character in this games as a service model game. Like, why it's would just, I delay it? It's, it's already it, that that too, and it's like, it's already. This is something that they announced a while ago. We already dealt with that exactly. that story like ages ago about the backlash about that and having this exclusive character. That's that, that's an old story at this point. Mm-hmm. The story the story at this point is that how it took this long for it to happen, and this oh, this. It feels like this is a stealth release. It's like, hey, by the way, it's finally coming. But at the same time, I feel like so many people, <clears throat> I feel like maybe it was announced earlier and we just didn't care because it's Avengers. So it's just like, it just maybe just caught us by surprise. You know, it, like to answer your question, Jarrell, like, you know, the, do you think it's going to save Avengers? It, no, it's not going to save Avengers. And I think the only people who cares are like the people who are already playing Avengers, honestly, at this point. People have long moved on past this Spider-Man story. Come and on. This, With the this, Spider-Man this not... movie coming out, Brandon, there's hype. It just sucks because the sure, game is sure, now you're on right. Game Pass, but everybody on Game Pass still won't get Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. It's like people on Xbox <laughs> yeah. might have been willing to give the game a try now because they can just get the game for free. But Maybe it's... even enjoying it for the for the low, low price of free. But yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's not the Spider-Man characters on PlayStation. You ain't getting Avengers for free on PlayStation. And But you know, you're right. Like Spider-Man is No Way Home is coming out. That might drive a few more sales in a relative sense, but I don't think it's going to like blow up the world because let's be real, the whole Avengers game itself, you know, was kind of riding on the coattails of the MCU movies. Like it's evident with like the cast they chose for this Avengers game. And if that wasn't enough to like really make this the profit that Square Enix wanted it to be, I don't think Spider-Man alone is going to change things that much. You don't know the power of Spider-Man. I don't. <laughs> Spider-Man is the number one hero in the world. So you know what? I'll, I'll, I, I, will, I will be, I don't even know if pleasantly surprised is the phrase. I'll be surprised if Spider-Man is the one that saves Avengers. Well, we'll see. speaking of, um, since we're already talking about Avengers, <laughs> There's an article at pushsquare.com titled Square Enix insinuates that Crystal Dynamics was the wrong dev for Marvel's Avengers. Um, I'm going to read you guys a quote from here. Um, Crystal Dynamics, of course, is perhaps best known for its brand of Naughty Dog style action adventure games, but Marvel's Avengers represents its first foray into the divisive games as a service scene. Taking on the games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh 
with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams. That was from Matsuda. Um, he continued, while the new challenge that we tackled with this title <clears throat> produced a disappointing outcome, rip, uh, we are certain that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. How we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend into our game design is a key question that we will need to answer going forward. Um, so essentially, uh, the Square Enix boss, Yosuke Matsuda, said that in an interview, and um, people are like, he pretty much thinks that Crystal Dynamics was the wrong developer to make a games-as-a-service game as their first foray into game the model, and that um, if it had been another developer, maybe the game would have done better. Um, any thoughts on that one? So... Oh my I'm gonna, god. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to partially agree with his statements insofar as yes, if, if the goal was always to make this a live service game, then yes, perhaps Crystal Dynamics was the wrong choice if that was always their plan. Now, do I think they were the wrong choice to make an Avengers game? No, it just needed to not be a live service title because from everybody that I've heard that's played the Avengers game, that first, the beginning of the game where it's like very story oriented was good before it becomes, you know, the live service gameplay that it kind of becomes. And had they gone with the root of it being kind of like this more narrative driven game, like say a Tomb Raider game, like Crystal Dynamics is known for doing, I think they would have done a fantastic job with it, quite frankly. But yeah, no, if it's a lot, if it was always meant to be a live service game and it's turned out like this, then no, maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. If that was, that was always a plan. And I don't know. And frankly, I don't know who of, of uh, Square Enix developers would have been the right choice to uh, have made this game. And frankly, I don't even know if Avengers was the right choice to even make a live service title, but that's a that's a whole other argument there. Avengers live service money. Yes, of money. It's the right choice. <laughs> of course, it's the right choice. Oh, it's the right choice for <laughs> for the business. Is that, I don't know. Wrong developer, right though, choice. But... Um, but you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head with um, everyone loved the Tomb Raider reboot, right? Like Crystal mm -hmm. Dynamics really showed what they could do with an uh, awesome narrative and action game. And that's why I like that's those are the parts that I like of Marvel's Avengers. Um, but the games as a service part is kind of trash. Uh, but you know, some people feel like it's kind of not great for you know Crystal Dynamics to hear the Square Enix president essentially saying that you guys are the reason that this game is really bad, even though they yeah blaming are the, the developers. Putting, putting them under the bus <laughs> like, is like that's kind of mean. Like frankly, just. Uh, I mean, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's necessarily mean, you know, if if I'm if someone's asking me questions about my business model and like what happened, I do have the option to say, you know, I gave this developer a chance to develop this and it didn't work out. Maybe they were the wrong developer for it. Or I could just be like, we tried, you know, I don't I don't know. Like, what do you say in that situation? Hmm. Uh, Kelly, Gabe, any any anything to add before I move on? I mean, they let another company, another developer do another superhero game from Marvel and that one turned out great. So maybe they're not wrong. And it's not <laughs> like it was, a, it's not like it was a one person superhero. It's an actual another superhero team that's well known. And right. that one came out right. So, I mean, I yeah, think... they might be, they, they, they're two different games. One's single player story mode. The other one's a live service, but you never know if you would have given it to the other, the other developers, maybe they could have actually made the live service work. Aren't they doing, or didn't they do Guardians of the Galaxy? 
Eidos Square Montreal Enix did. did, yeah. Uh, yeah, Square Enix published it, but yeah, Eidos Montreal developed uh, Guardians uh, okay. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, Facebook learned Dude. recently. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, but the last girl's guy, to be fair, um, Avengers did come out at a time when, like, this feels like it was so long ago, but it's literally last year, mm. or the beginning <laughs> of this year. No, yeah, last year, you know, when all these, yeah, yeah. when that whole uh, live service gaming genre was kind of starting to, like, pick up again you know yeah. you had outriders and all that stuff so i guess they didn't really have a concrete model to follow off of but god outriders, outriders i can't awesome. believe i can't believe i can't believe i can't believe i actually remembered that name off the top of my head i don't think that game was bad we had fun when we played it i had fun it just you just need we? friends you weren't there i think yeah that's why i said who's we uh, well, me, Brandon, and Kelly play. It like, was a sarcastic know? thing. It's like, uh, like who's we? Because I know I wasn't thinking, whatever. Oh, well, uh, anyway, Facebook learns that there's already, I, I think we talked about Facebook um, naming their new thing yeah, the metaverse. Meta. Yeah, the mm-hmm. metaverse. Well, they learned recently that there's already another company named Meta, and they, <laughs> that company wants $20 million for the name. I would totally ask for more if I was that company. Yeah, they're, yeah, <laughs> like, that's. You're you're asking Facebook for money. Twenty million is not is not uh, enough. Is generous. <laughs> like, it's not enough. It's, ge- it's generous. You could you could get more. It depends <laughs> on how much Zuckerberg like really wants to branch change. But he made it public before. Before it, even check, like yeah, really you checking that so meta was, oh shit, people had meta. Oh, you know, you would think that you know the lawyers would check this one hundred percent before allowing him to make this. There's a lot of people that don't check shit. They like, they, hey, they're they're with that. whose jobs it is to make sure that this doesn't happen. <laughs> like, yes, how the fuck? I'm sorry, Kelly. Were you gonna say something? No, I was gonna say the same thing. Like, how do they not check that? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I would like check for different variations of the name as well. Like mm-hmm. it would, I would check for everything. Even like with meta in the name, I would check. We literally did an extensive check for HP Critical. Like, I feel like I did more work checking HP Critical than they did checking. We could have got, we could have gone live like weeks sooner, but we wanted to make sure that that was like, that was like not taken. And also it's really hard when you name something meta or metaverse when it's already a word that means something and you're like yeah. naming an entire thing after it. Uh, it can be it can be pretty difficult when you're going to attempt to do things like that. But I mean, what do I know? Absolutely nothing. Um, Gabe, did you want to add anything on that one before I move on? Oh, sir. Okie dokie. So um, that movie, The Eternals, that came out tonight, I believe. Um, yeah, as of this recording. As of this recording, I did not see it. Does anybody plan on seeing it? I'm going to try yeah, to see it. It comes out like on Tuesday. Disney Plus. Mm. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to try um, to see it like Tuesday evening because I need to see my Marvel movies like ASAP. That's as soon as I can see it. So they... Brandon, it's Thursday. I know. That's like four days. That's the longest I've had to wait for Marvel <laughs> movie, but that's how my schedule is right now. Okay, well, Eternals is not going to be released in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, or Qatar because local censors requested that multiple edits were made to the film, which Disney refused to make. One of those is assumedly uh, one of the characters being LGBT, and I believe there's a scene where he kisses his husband on camera, and uh, supposedly Disney is not editing or retracting that scene, and therefore the movie is not being shown in those areas, which I just mentioned. Uh, What are your thoughts on that one? This is kind of extreme because um, so ma- there's been so many times, especially in Disney movies, where they'll have they'll have like LGBT plus representation, but it's something that's so that can be so easily edited out. 
it's like for example rise of skywalker had a scene where there's like two women kissing but that was like like two seconds easily editable and they did for international audience that that aren't as tolerant they got rid of that scene entirely um jungle cruise um one of the main characters is gay that's an e the, 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 with uh with uh subtitles they could easily change that because he never actually like kissed a dude or anything like that he just it was just something that he mentioned and all that to say like in the past the representation was just something very quick that they don't necessarily have to put in, like international like releases to appease those people so for them to make something that's like hardwired into this plot basically that they won't even budge on editing it or because it would probably presumably make the movie look a lot worse to like edit something that's so major this is a major step i think and i'm hoping that this uh i hate to use the word experiment but i hope it pays off for them because it's I think it's important to have this kind of representation, like real representation that can't just be edited out in post just for another, another country. It's, I just hope it, I hope it does well for them. I hope that they're encouraged to keep doing it because I think it's important. The only thing your explanation just did for me was remind me how trash Disney has been at representing LGBT relations. Oh, yes. And I remember absolutely. specifically, was it uh, Endgame, I think it was, or the one before? And I don't know, one of those. And they were like, oh, there's going to be the LGBT couple. There's going to be a gay couple featured. And it was literally just the guy whose husband, like, fucking died because of Thanos. And I was like, he not even... He not I even don't even... Like, that's so minor fuck? that I don't it even remember that. <laughs> it was literally that. And then now you're telling me about like this two second scene in whatever i what movie the one in star wars was like quick it was like like they pan pass like yeah what is the point of doing this huh what what part of skywalker was that it was the very end like when they when everyone gets back after you know saving the world again whatever (laughs) Um, yeah and like everyone's going back to their loved ones or whatever and the woman walks up to her partner and just it like, I don't even know if they kiss. I think they, they like did embrace. Kiss. They did kiss. And it just it like pans past them. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, <laughs> don't look at them. It's like that. That's it. Okay. Yeah. It's blink. It's blink and you miss it then because exactly. I never blink and you miss it. Yeah. And I was like well, looking for it because I knew this was supposed to be happening in the scene. I'm like, okay, let me like keep an eye out for that. And I'm just like, what was that? Oh, what was that? <laughs> like, just. Like, <laughs> I was just gonna say I, I guess good for Disney but like whoop-de-doo I haven't seen the movie so I don't know how extensive this scene is but they don't have a great track record with this type of thing so no, I guess and, I'm and supposed it, to be excited about it that they're doing this, something like this but whatever and, and and this isn't necessarily defending Disney because I think a lot of companies are guilty of this like especially if like publishing like a movie that you're like, you know, hoping to distribute to like an international audience and like, they're just trying to be like, so uh, make sure that it does well in the other countries that would have issues with some of these, you know, with these things. So a lot of them will just do stuff like that. Just like make it like so quick that you can, that you won't even notice or just get rid of it altogether. And I don't even, I'm not, even, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself as the authority to say Disney's the first one to like put a firm stance of ground. They're probably not, but I'm just happy that this is actually happening. And I, again, I'm just really hoping that it pays off because yeah. real representation is important, not what was happening before. It's, it's not enough. 
They just had to like dip their toe and like be like, all right. And then dip their I, toe, get yeah. dip the toe, get the points, and then step they're going out. in. And then they're no, like, they're, it's, it hmm. sounds like Disney's finally swimming, and I'm hoping they don't get beaten by sharks. <laughs> well, I think they, okay, go ahead. Well, two things I'm going to say about that. One, I don't think Disney's editing or whatever is because they know they can finally release movies and not worry about financial losses with, you know, missing a whole country because it's a Marvel movie. They know it's going to do good regardless. Like, mm -hmm. it's so hyped up, especially over here. Well, it was hyped up over here. They know they're going to make a bunch of money. They At this point, I don't think they care about if it doesn't go out in a country or not. And then two, I just want to add how apparently these LGBT LGBT pre or, uh, representations have been in really bad movies out of, you know, I, I, sorry, really bad movies in terms of the series as a whole. Rise of Skywalker, everyone agrees was garbage. Eternals is yeah. the lowest rated uh, Rotten Tomato score out of all Marvel movies okay, that's come but, out. But, 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 that was reviewed by, by a bunch of people who actually hadn't seen the movie as well in fairness and heard that about this yeah i i feel though like if you go below black widow at this point it's 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 not as much as review bombs there might be some truth to that again we'll see because it's been out for i will i will give you guys okay, impressions by this time uh next podcast we'll see more as it goes along but like I, I, there's there's a lot of i'm not gonna say flack but there's a lot of like i actually don't know the word for it right now i'm just gonna Stop talking about that. <laughs> okay. I do feel like they took the opportunity to put it in a lesser known movie. Like, yeah. I do feel like they did that. I like they put it in like the last Star Wars movie and everyone was like, eh, nobody cares anymore. They put it in like Just this Eternals. It's not, it's not Avengers. It's like a way lesser known movie because they maybe they thought not a lot of people would see it. Like I said, I think they're just slowly dipping like their toe mm -hmm. in some of these things. And like seeing, you know, how their money is doing, how much money are they making? Is this going to deter people from seeing the movie? If not, we'll continue to put in some larger titles. But I, I hate yeah. to see that people were the, bombed it. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, exactly. And that's my point of, and that's my whole point. Like, like Eternals, <laughs> it feels like the test. Like that's why I used mm -hmm. the word experiments earlier because it's, it's exactly what you said. It's like not w as well known characters in the Marvel universe. So. And they, you know, they have the freedom because at the, at the, the, like Eternals is a test twofold. One, because, you know, it's characters that people don't know, but, you know, Marvel movies have always done well at the box office so they can afford to take the risk there. It, it worked for Guardians because when the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, no one knew who the hell the Guardians were. Now they're everywhere. There's a whole ass video game that came out of them a week ago that a lot of people are enjoying. So, you know, it's, it's that effect. Eternals may be... Well, I don't know if, if the movie's not doing well review wise, then maybe Eternals won't blow up the way the Guardians did. But I digress. It's it's just the twofold test. And again, I really hope it does well for them. I think it's so interesting that you guys all say that this cast is like amazing. The cast is amazing. So it's like yeah. it's very interesting Whoa. that it's all about, you know, the fact that they're unknown, but these unknown characters are being played by some very serious actors yeah. and actresses. Like this the is a characters very diverse, are the actors are amazing cast crazy. of like probably the most diverse cast in any MCU movie. I'd correct yeah. me if I'm no, wrong. Not but probably like, it is. Okay, it's, yes, that's why definitely. I'm like, holy shit, like what a test. Like, why is it that you wouldn't want this movie with Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek going everywhere? Because like their names are huge like it makes no sense yeah but also um 
uh, I'm going to quote this from the Hollywood Reporter, homosexuality is still officially illegal across the Gulf and films containing anything related to LGBTQ issues are frequently pulled from release. Last year, the Pixar title Onward was banned across Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia over a single line referencing a lesbian relationship. Oh, so, yeah, that, that line, yeah. I know my quick question for you guys is, uh, do you think that this was uh, the right move? Uh, do you think that Disney should, you know, respect these areas and uh, remove those uh, instances of uh, homosexuality to appease the the um, the the uh, Gulf areas and be able to show the movie to fans over there? Or do you think, it's, uh, you know, standing their ground and not changing anything was the right move? I think that didn't you say that it was illegal in some parts of the world and that's yes. why they don't want to show it? Okay, yeah. I'm sure they're going to do other illegal shit in that movie. So why is that? you know like yeah, exactly. people people are going to probably get killed isn't that illegal is that not a crime okay like all this stuff is like a crime but they draw the line at an lgbt relationship like this is this is funny to me just because like i said someone in the movie could probably commit a crime like it's a superhero movie right okay if someone steals a car they're showing a crime on the screen why would any other part of that even if it's a crime not be shown like, just because it's illegal doesn't mean anything. Like I said, you can show murders happening on TV. That's perfectly fine, I guess, but not, you know, a relationship. Um, I can't believe that it's illegal. That seems very strange to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I say about you can show someone stealing a car or whatever on TV, but not um, a relationship. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, anyone else? No, I don't really talk about other countries' religions. That's that's where most of these rules come from. A lot of it is religion based, and that's why a lot of yeah, a lot of them are illegal. And yeah. I, and again, but again, it's back it's back to what Kelly said. Like it doesn't make sense that something like that illegal, but you know, also in religion. Well, my question wasn't people, was asking you. My my no, question no, no, wasn't asking I, you about or questioning religion at all. Just to clarify. It was no, yeah, just... I, I know. Okay, I was just pointing out. Okay, because I didn't want you to think that I was asking you a question about questioning this. Like, should you disagree with someone's religion? No, so what I'm asking. Uh, no, I think well, to answer your question though, I think you know to give something to the fans, it would be better if they did edit that specific part out or something, so the fans can watch it. Because again. A lot of the Marvel movies are stories within stories. So I guarantee you, well, not guarantee you, but they literally said, you know, Eternals is setting up for, you know, the next phase of Marvel. So it's like, if you don't show Eternal over there because of that one scene, then you're going to give them, but you can show the other movie because, you know, there's nothing that they're going to be like, oh, no, take that out. You know, there's going to be a lost part of that story there. So I, I think it would be nice if they, not nice, but I think, you know, it would make sense if they, you know, they edited that scene or whatever to give the full story. But then at the same time, I guess Disney picks and chooses when they want to give the full story or not. Fair point. Um, Anyway, so we were talking about uh, NFTs and blockchain games. I, I, I forgot to mention that Ubisoft has revealed that they plan to also develop blockchain games and NFTs. So it's not just EA. Um, do people have issues with Ubisoft as well, aside from their sexual harassment issues? 
I guess it depends um, on the, it depends on the game of the of the month, honestly, with Ubisoft. Sometimes Ubisoft, hey, Ubisoft, no, that's really what it is, though. Like Ubisoft, like they always release like you know triple triple A games, so to speak. But like this game will have this, and this game will have that, and it's it's very rare that a Ubisoft game comes out these days that like everybody's universally like, yeah, fuck yeah, Ubisoft game was great. Like even Far Cry Six reviewed fairly well, but I know people had issues with that because of uh. The representation that's just an example but it's just it just depends on the game so it's not the company it's the game that people dislike i don't know like well i, I mean know. ubisoft has the stick well again aside from the sexual harassment thing ubisoft just has the stigma because it seems like all their games these days have like something attached to it that's somebody that enough people dislike and then it just kind of like lingers with it even for the people that enjoy the game but like, even valhalla I, I i saw that game get like like really good reviews a lot of people enjoyed it but man, those people that don't like it are so vocal. It's just like to be fair, most of the people that didn't like that game were just sexist. They're like, why why is there a girl assassin as a main character? Or why can you change between the two sexes? Because it's a fucking game, bro, about Norse gods, you monkey. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here's a quote from the Game Informer article on the title uh, by our wonderful friend, Wesley Leblanc. Yes, sir! Uh, Wesley, let's go! <laughs> he's a great writer at Game Informer now. Definitely check out his work. Um, here's a quote from the article. It says, as you see, this industry is changing regularly with lots of new revolutions happening. Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot, sorry, uh, said during a recent earnings call. <laughs> We consider blockchain one of those revolutions. It will imply it will imply more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the industry quite a lot. So we've been working with lots of small companies going on the blockchain, and we're starting to have a good know-how on how we can impact the industry. We want to be one of the key players there. Ubisoft has been looking into blockchain for years, according to IBT. Uh, the Verge reports that blockchains and NFTs are partly responsible for ongoing planet damage due to the millions of carbon dioxide emissions generated from mining and the use of cryptocurrencies. So um, <laughs> there's that. Does that change any of you guys' opinions on the on the situation? I mean, I think that our opinions were negative, so I don't think so. I think we're gonna yeah. stick with those negative it. opinions about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did they get worse though? Or yes. Just... Well, I was already kind of aware of that, so not really. But yeah, a lot of companies um have thought about this because they're always looking to be into something new and just shut up. <laughs> um. Actually, uh, behavior who uh, the Dead by Daylight. They were um, also talking about NFTs, yeah. Yeah, and they got a lot of backlash from that. Um, oh my God! A few weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> Power Rangers uh, on their Twitter announced like some NFT shit coming up, and boy, that comment section was full of full of peers, few people. The, a lot of people were mostly disappointed because, like, damn guys, Power Rangers is doing NFTs. It's the yeah. fucking child franchise. What the hell is this? Yeah, mostly what made me not a fan because I didn't really give a shit until like I heard about the damage that it was really doing. And mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, wow. So not only is it useless and really stupid, but it's also actually damage. doing actual damage to the planet. But yet yeah. I shouldn't, you know, use a plastic bag or, you know, use a plastic straw, straw. because, yeah. you know, I'm harming the planet. I'm doing so much. And then to have a 
digital nothing is causing da- like whatever it's all about the money um and since we're talking about money let's talk about lots of money um take two 2k have canceled a new game from hangar 13 codenamed vault which has been in development in various forms since 2017. um sources tell bloomberg that today's earnings suggest that the project costs 53 million dollars and it is not yet clear if there will be layoffs i mean I know it's not clear, but you just lost $53 million. It seems like that's the next, uh, that's the next uh, step is to possibly have some layoffs. Anyway, my question to you guys is, if you've been working on a game, if you're a part of a project and your game has been in development for a few years and it's cost an estimated $53 million, but it doesn't seem to be working out for whatever reason, do you pack it up and quit and lay people off? Or do you ship something that's bad and see what happens? What do you do in this situation? Armchair CEO, the conversation that we love to hear. Uh, wow, I need to think about it a little bit there. Um, huh. I feel like I would maybe just see if someone else wants to take over the project, like maybe try to sell the idea to another developer. Like, I feel like there, there might be good bones there that someone else can make happen that maybe your company just can't. You could try to just recoup some of the loss. I mean, that would be the only way because you're not going to do a good job if you already can't. And it's been in development for so long. You've sunk all this money in. Um, but then if you're giving the game to someone else or selling it, but the people at your company are going to be laid off. Yeah. I mean, there's really no way around it. I don't know. You can't it's a pr- sink 53 million into something and not have it's produce anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty lose-lose situation. No one really wants to, to, to be in it, but $53 million is, is, is not a, is not a, not a small loss by any means. And a lot of companies that, you know, people on the top that, you know, regularly have to deal with this much money being thrown around have to make these hard decisions about when to cut your losses and when to keep go trucking forward. And I don't envy those people because it's, it's hard enough to be in charge of one's own personal finances on a daily basis, to be in charge of uh, literally millions of dollars and all those like jobs, like, uh, <laughs> Armchair CEO talks can be fun to talk about, but then when you actually think about the actual cost of how these uh, company situations are uh, decisions are made, it gets. I'm stressed just thinking about the hypotheticals of that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine actually being the one who has to make these decisions. No, thank you. Um, so uh, I'm going to move on a little bit. I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done because for anyone listening, you may have missed us last week. There was just a little issue, but it's okay. Cause we back. And so we're trying to cram a bunch of stuff in a very short amount of time. Cause, uh, we're all tired. So I don't know if you guys heard, but YouTube is set to boost gaming support, providing strong competition for Twitch. How do you feel about that one? What does that mean? Uh, it means that they're going to start pushing more gaming content forward in an attempt to be the next or be more like Twitch. I just Twitch don't. needs competition. Ah. Twitch needs competition, but I don't think YouTube's going to give it. Because have you tried looking up a channel on YouTube gaming? It's impossible. You can't find shit. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, really hard. Like, you can't yeah, just find bad. live browsing channels on YouTube gaming. It's mm-hmm. impossible. I tried because I wanted to, like, possibly move there because of Twitch's whole thing everything about them actually so like and i was like there's no discoverability whatsoever 
on YouTube at all. Well, yes. um, just a little more information on that. There's a blog post from global head of gaming, Ryan Wyatt, that explains how YouTube differentiates itself by offering not only live streaming, but long and short form videos too. It also, it also offers multiple ways for creators to monetize their content and is working on chat moderation tools, uh, something of a lure away from Twitch. Uh, this post also highlights how YouTube is working with content creators on new features. Subscriber only chat and clips were two features directly inspired by streamers, while membership milestone chats, live control room and super thanks all had streamer collaboration uh, further youtube is investing in content creators naming dr lupo and tim the tap man as key examples as well as supporting short form videos with shorts fund esports will continue to be supported too with the minecraft championship pride 2021 which raised over $340,000 for the trevor project as a major success um they're looking to work on new tools to improve the discoverability of live content, more ways to monetize and improve chat features. Um, and they're also working on gifted memberships and live redirect for gaming to send viewers to another live stream. That is from Eurogamer.net. Does that change any of your opinions? Fuck no. I ain't hear shit about diversity. I heard two leading white men again, uh, Dr. Lupo and Tim the Top Man. Ain't hear shit about raising voices in small streamers or small content creators. I no longer care about them challenging challenge Twitch. If you're going to challenge Twitch, I mean, obviously for us, if you're going to challenge Twitch, you got to be more diverse. You got to be more open to small streamers and all that stuff and all types of content creator. But I guess for, you know, the typical white man who plays Call of Duty in his underwear, you know, while eating fucking Doritos off his crotch, I guess this is like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. Tim the Tap Man, I know him. I, they can all fuck off at this point. I'm so tired of these companies coming up yeah you know we want to be the new the new next thing and it's just always white man white man white man like don't get me wrong i'm my skin color is white but i'm also hispanic and you know i i, I like to see a little bit of diversity when i'm looking on streams you know i i don't want to see the same people over and over again because i see I already see them over and over again like it's i go on to twitter this call of duty clip is from guess who either tim the tap man or dr disrespect and no one's really doing anything to you know diversify themselves they say they are but at this point, they can all go to hell. Sorry, that was a very angry rant that I don't know where it came from, but... I mean, you pretty much encompassed everything I had to say about it, so <laughs> there's that. Thanks, I guess. Um, so speaking of representation, uh, Dead by Daylight is coined the Smash Bros of Horror committed to diversity over at Eurogamer.net again by Ed Nightingale. And he talks about specifically how there is a drag queen uh, Twitch community that participates in Dead by Daylight. Um, and they are ensuring a diverse and inclusive suite of characters that reflects the player base. They're even working with US nonprofit organization GamerX to soon bring the first openly queer character to the game. Um, we played a little bit of Dead by Daylight. How do you guys feel about Dead by Daylight and its diversity? To be honest, I do feel like they've always had kind of a diverse um, cast of characters in their game. Um, and they do sponsor a lot of different content creators, like some of their, um, God, what do they call them? Fog Whispers are women drag queens people of color like i feel like they um they do sponsor a lot of content creators that aren't just like typical white call of duty dorito man like gabe was <laughs> talking about um yeah. I, it's i do think they have pretty good diversity i can't really i don't know I, I i'm trying to think of the characters i don't really remember anymore but i do think they have a pretty diverse cast of characters 
Uh, very fair. So something that we talked about last week that we're not going to talk about this week that you guys missed all of our opinions on includes Sony's recent studio acquisitions, which have led to record-baking financial quarters. We talked about who we'd like to see Sony um, acquire next. And we also talked about Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, who has claimed that he will be receiving the California minimum wage for a salaried employee until transformational gender-related goals are met within the company. Uh, we're going to skip both of those because it's getting a little late. And we're going to move on to some more stuff that happened this week including the delay of midnight suns from um what company was that uh, Firaxis games thank you uh this it was the card based one or the tactical marvel one and brandon you both yeah both it's it's it's, it's oh, basically a tactical a card game well, it's 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 tactics similar to the XCOM games because it's the same developer, but it's it uses like a card based system in terms of like battles essentially. And yeah, I don't have too much to say about the delay itself. Um, it was kind of coming out of a crowded time, so I'm actually very happy about that. Um, yeah, just take your time. Just like not only take your time to make this game actually good because I I'm among those that uh. Um, are, are looking forward to the game, but also just to put it in a not crowded place so the game could actually do well. Also, I just want to say this real quick. I was looking at some of the comments for with this post that was made about Midnight Suns, and you know, a lot of them were the typical, "Hey, I know, take your time," and you know, the respectful thing, like we'll play when it's ready, all that. There's a lot of people who are like, "I don't like this game, the way the gameplay looks. Change it, fix, just overhaul entirely, bro. If the game is not for you, it's <laughs> don't play it." Like this is out here being loud all the time. It's like, yeah, just rework the whole game. The shit looks su- the shit sucks. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> the game ain't for you. It ain't for you. Uh, speaking of delays, um, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, <laughs> had their free DLC and updates delayed until 2022, according to a new roadmap from CD Projekt Red. Uh, speaking of games that are really taking their time to, uh, you know, be updated. I don't Damn, know. I can't if believe Cyberpunk twenty seven seven is not coming out until twenty twenty two. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, I mean, yeah, like I, there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, Super Mario three D All Stars new update out that enables Nintendo sixty four controller support for Super Mario sixty four. I didn't play it. You guys, I think all of you played it. Oh, I finished it, and I have the N sixty four controller right here, the the Switch one, and. Damn it, man. I finished the whole game with the Pro Controller, but I feel like it'd be so much better with the N64 controller. And part of me wants to play it again, but I also don't want to. I, you know what I might do? I, what I, might, I, might just, uh, I might just boot the game up because and just go through some of my favorite levels of the N64 controller and just do that. I'm not doing a whole other playthrough of that game. It was fun. Just for, to, to use the N64 controller? Yeah, dude, because I, I, was, I was talking about it on a recent stream I did when I was actually unboxing the N64 controller, the Genesis controller, which I have somewhere off camera. And I was basically saying that, you know, one of the main problems with um, emulating a game to another system is anytime a game is made, for, if it's a console still specifically, it's built with that controller in mind. And then if you're like emulating it, it's never going to be the perfect experience if you're not using the exact same controller that the game was built for. And that's not, that's super true for N64 games specifically because the, the games, the N64 games were built with like the very specific way the control stick moves. It's not the same way like modern control stick moves. Mm-hmm. So if you're controlling Mario on like a modern controller, it's going to feel just a slight bit off because it, the control stick is too good for the game that you're playing it on. So having the actual authentic control stick will make the game feel a lot better in a weird way, if that makes sense. 
no i mean yeah that, that definitely makes sense uh so i have two more two more subjects before i end this lovely little podcast with my wonderful podcast co-hosts uh yes, the first yeah. one is the comment section for the nintendo online expansion video which i posted in our general <laughs> slack chat um all uh, of these comments are quotes from iwata which i will read which says i don't think it's reasonable to make someone pay for a game and then prepare a network connection and charge a monthly fee these comments were repeated under the Facebook, not Facebook, under the YouTube video of the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, which we now know is $80 for the uh, family pack. And uh, how much was it? 60 for the, um, or 50? 50. It's 50 if you're doing the solo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So very interesting. How did you guys feel about that? They're not wrong. Quoting, quoting the man himself when when we learn that we now have to pay for, you know, exactly what he said we shouldn't need to do so there's two sides of that coin obviously you know at one point or another you gotta pay you know you gotta ask your customers to pay you know to keep you know to have money to keep your servers running i want to say good but it's nintendo so you know you gotta ask your customers to pay to keep the servers running no matter how they run um but then at the same time like this isn't even I feel like in this case, it's not even like fans just being petty and upset. It's like you're literally quoting the guy who rose Nintendo to the top. And I feel like, you know, what he said was very, it's very smack on. Like, you know, games are, it's just, I I don't know. I I think I'm still a little bit mad about the price increase. So I'm agreeing with them heavily (laughs) on this. But, you know, for example, I got the expansion pass because I, I desperately want to play Ocarina of Time. Like, I, I can tell we're not getting any type of port of it soon. So it's like, if I want to play this game, you know, without emulating, I might as well get the expansion pass. So I did. But then, you know, at the same time, like, the quote's not wrong. It's, it's okay. and especially, you know, especially like, you know, it's Nintendo, like, you 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 were kind of known for a bit of having your older games have easy access to be playable on your newest console. You know, you had the virtual console on the Wii and the Wii U, and you could play your old N64 games. You know, and it was as simple as that. But now, you know, you're kind of you you're kind of giving this approach of like, you know, 10, 15 years in the future when they come out with one or two more consoles, it's like don't expect. To you know, have these games available to you, it's going to be you got to pay for a service to have them playable again, and you know, and even then, like now, there's as and the terms of paying for online side of things, there's been like very minimum minimum conversation with Nintendo and its fans over what exactly they're doing with this price increase to make your online experience even better. Because I mean, I never really had a, that much of a problem with you know for example smash bros i play that online a lot that usually had to do with just one person in the lobby having shitty connection but you know uh, according to some people that can be fixed by nintendo which i don't think is the case i think that's just someone in their internet but again it was as recent as this year that nintendo was like yeah we're gonna stop using the 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 windows 97 type internet stuff we do and upgrade it finally so Uh... I don't know. I agree with all the comments. I think Iwata had the perfect mindset when it came to games. I think what he said was spot on. But 
as the world is at some point, you kind of have to accept that some things are going to change. No, I'm not going to raise my hand. Zoom, my hands are down. Stop it. I'm not in class. Sorry. <laughs> it gave me the news like, you're about to raise your hand. Um, but yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Well, I only will say that I still do not believe that what they're offering is worth $50 for a single person. 100%. Right 100%. I, don't think, I also don't think it's worth 80 bucks as a family pack still. I am, uh, that's that's it. That's all I have to say. Go ahead. To, to agree more on what you said, we also don't have a roadmap of the games coming out and when At they're all. coming so out. never know when. <laughs> All we know is there's games like Majora's Mask, and I already forgot what other games they mentioned coming out, but they didn't say anything. And again, you know, it's probably because Nintendo likes to announce their things and release them within, you know, a very close time frame. But for something like this, it's like, it'd be nice to know. It'd be really nice to know. Because I've always been on a family plan for this, I've always had eight people in the plan. So, uh, and I, I mentioned this in chat, we went from paying like $375 a year to $10 a year. Now, that doesn't, like $10 is not a lot of money, right? Like, I get it. It's not a huge amount, but that's a $7 increase over, and yes, it is once a year, but trying to convince, because my family plan is my friends, right? So they're using it for Animal Crossing and Smash. They're not even playing Smash that much anymore. They, a lot of them stopped playing Animal Crossing. So for me to convince all seven of them that these, you know, five N64 titles and five Sega Genesis titles are totally worth the $10 a year and they'll get the Animal Crossing expansion was a big deal because it's a lot of money in the middle. Uh, by the way, we are still in the pandemic. Like, it's still a thing, right? People are still, you know, people are back at work. Uh, hopefully people are making more money. But is it worth it for everyone on my family plan to pay $10 a month for something they're not using? Not at all. So like the $375 that I asked for, they're like, yeah, whatever, Joe, take it, leave me alone, right? Now it's like, oh, it's $10 now. They're like, why the fuck am I paying $10 for some shit I'm not going to use? How many, you know, games are we really, you know, there's Pokemon, of course, so some of them are going to jump back in when, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when Diamond and Pearl come back, some of them are going to be like, oh shit, yeah, I, I need an internet connection. They might start playing Animal Crossing again, but there isn't even a, enough multiplayer games that my friends and I personally play for them to even consider paying $50 on their own or an extra $10 a year. It was a really hard sell for me. I'm just talking about me personally, like in my own personal life, it's a really hard sell and it's a really big increase. And I think people have to realize that even if you do feel like it's worth it, it is still a lot of money to ask for someone to increase from like $375 to $10. Like, uh, I'm done. It's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Unless anyone else has anything to say on that. All right, great. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, <laughs> I just want your opinions on one thing really quick. And that is uh, Persona 5, and, oh, sorry, Shin Megami Tensei 5 reviews came out. Got really great reviews. Eight, nines, and tens across the board. Um, there is an IGN article that compares it to Persona 5. So for anyone listening that doesn't know, uh, Persona, the Persona series is a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series. So essentially Persona came from Shin Megami Tensei, right? Uh, but mm -hmm. Persona 5 is one of the most popular, if not the most popular persona um, ever in the series, which probably has the most sales. I mean, Joker is in Smash. Um, 
people seem very upset about this comparison uh, because of reasons. So I want to ask you guys, if you're writing a review, um, and you've all written reviews for HP Critical, which you can check out at hpcritical.com slash reviews. Um, when you're reviewing a video game, do you feel like it is okay to compare it to another similar title um, in the same series or not? So. Okay, so uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna, here's what, here's my thought about this, because I have been seeing this like pop up on Twitter, and I've had like a lot of time to kind of ruminate on this uh, topic here. Um, I think comparisons are fair, because quite, because again, they are technically part of the same series, you know, again, like you said, Persona's a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, it's natural that there'd be similarities in their gameplay. Hell, you fight the same kind of monsters in Persona 5, that you do in Shin Megami Tensei 5, the moves are the same. It's 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 part of the same series. It might as well be if it was like a, a mainline Final Fantasy game to like a spin-off Final Fantasy game. The similarities are going to be there. So I think it's fair to make comparisons. Now, and the game, and I also add that the game Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been getting good reviews. I think a lot of people are like not taking that into consideration when they see this comparison, the people that are getting upset about it, to be clear. Yeah, even the um, review, just quickly, even the review that sure. I'm specifically talking about at IGN gave it, I believe, an 8 out of 10. It was a very good review. It got a, it review got a good score. It, yeah, it got a good score. So a lot of people are assuming that, oh, IGN didn't like the game because it's not Persona 5. No, they liked the game, dude. They just, like, they had they had comparisons. And the, and I think the reviewer in question, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but I believe the reviewer did play Persona 5, you know, first, as like their first like uh, entry into like the whole SMT series, SMT Five, and that's going to be a lot of people's experience because Persona Five introduced a lot of people to the series because of how popular the game, that game is. Like so many people just got into the series that way, so it's natural that people are going to be coming into Shin Megami Tensei Five and Persona Five. So a lot of people aren't. So the uh, you know the longtime SMT fans are like, oh, but SMT for for K Force, yeah. A lot, a lot of people want that perspective though of that because they started persona they didn't play those smt games there's like a lot of them a lot of them didn't even get localized so of course they want the perspective like hey i i play persona 5 well i like this game and that's what that review gives them so i think that's a so i think it works from that context and to be clear because even though they're part of the same series of course they have different things that they focus on like Persona focuses on the interpersonal relationships with like you and your and your friends, whereas Shin Megami Tensei Five is meant the Shin Megami Tensei series in general is meant to make you feel a bit more isolated. You literally capture monsters and have them fight alongside you, almost like in Pokemon. Uh, the difference is you kind of like fight alongside them, whereas in you know Pokemon you just send them out to battle for you. And it's, you know, but anyway, there's differences, but there's also similarities. So all that to say it's fine to make the comparisons as long as you, as long as it doesn't like detract from what you're doing, you know, it's, they're both, they're both similar, but they're both unique in their own way. It's part, I think it's just part of the review process to like make that natural comparison, especially for people who will be coming in from persona five and just, you know, highlighting each game for their own merits. Now one, just a, this is not even like a nitpick thing, but like, Trending on Twitter today was both Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Persona 5. Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Persona 5. And Persona 5 was like getting more tweets. And I was like, eh, that's a little, that doesn't feel great, but whatever. I I don't understand the last thing you said. The tweets, like the tweets. No, the like why does that not feel great? Because SMC because the game, game? That, because, because Shin Megami Tensei 5 is getting, you know, is the one that got reviewed 
the Persona Five is getting more tweets. So it, it like oh to you feel yeah because the new game is getting less attention than the old game. Exactly, like this is oh. the game that's literally getting reviewed, okay. and more people are just like, if he, uh, like my understanding of that when I see like two thousand tweets about Shin Megami Tensei Five compared to like six thousand or Persona Five is like, people are probably just being like, oh, that new game is like Persona Five, and not even saying the name of the game. It's just like, bro, it's that's just... totally fine though, because that's how people find out what it is. Sure, I think but if you're okay. not saying, but if you're, you know, it is okay. But if the if it's not get if the name is like, and it was like, oh, you try that new game in the Persona series, it's it's pretty good. It's like. What are people? And it doesn't say exactly persona on the why, title. That's exactly why articles like this one or reviews like this one are very important because of exactly I agree. What you said which is like if people I are agree. looking for that Persona Five like title, like hey, this article says what it is like Persona Five and where it's not like Persona Five. But mm-hmm. um, Gabe and Kelly, uh, really quickly, how do you feel about comparing games from the same series or different series in reviews that you write or any reviews that you read? I mean, I feel like I do it a lot because. Not everyone is going to play the obscure horror games that I play, so I have to compare it to something else so that you'll maybe check them out. I mean, I feel like it's just an easy way to bring people in that have played the other games or perhaps plug those other games. Um, And also you get more traction. I mean, you want people to search for, you know, Persona and find your game. That's like the whole thing. So I think like comparisons work because people are always looking for similar games to play so yeah i feel like comparisons are a good way of highlighting you know what the game does newly different compared to what it's done in other titles similar to it now so i think it's a good way of comparing you know here's the things the game does that you like from the other title and you know this is how they do it so i think i, I think you know it's i'm not going to call it a necessity but i i definitely think it's a good practice of comparing the games Oh, can I? I just want to say something real quick because a lot of the comments that I have seen, this is not necessarily related to the uh, whether it's right to compare or not, but <laughs> a lot of those people that are upset about, you know, Persona 5 being mentioned so much because Shin Megami Tensei 5 is out, is a lot of those people that are the gatekeepers that is like, oh, you didn't know that uh, the, the, the Persona was the spinoff and this, the original, oh man, you're not a real fan and that's the, this and that. Oh, you didn't play the other ST games? Uh, you only came for Persona Five, <laughs> bro. These people need to stop. I just need, I just need to, that, that to be said because, like, literally, Shin Megami Tensei Five is poised to be probably the most popular game in the series because people play uh, play Persona Five. Don't use that as like an excuse to like just because someone had only played Persona Five doesn't mean they're they 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 they're not allowed to enjoy this other game. It's just like that's that's ridiculous. Like it's literally going to be the most successful series game in the series just because of that it brings in more fans and that means more people to talk about your game. Like it's the only way the series is going to stop being as niche as it was because Shin Megami Tensei 4, you know, it sold well enough, but it was still pretty damn niche because Persona 5 wasn't out, you know, and now we're in a post Persona 5 world. So more people just are tuned into the SMT series. So it's going to help the series grow. And people were like, no, no, no. It's an exclusive fan club. If you didn't play, if you didn't, if you didn't import SMT1 and learn Japanese so you could play that game, you can't hang with us. Like, shut up. But how many times do people compare something to Breath of the Wild? Oh, 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 we're not even gonna get. We're not even gonna talk about that one. I'm like, so tired of the Breath, Breath of the Wild, of the Wild comparisons. comparisons. It's Dark, Dark Souls, Souls comparisons. Uh, Elden Ring. Any any I game. Saw, 
Yeah. I read an article today about Elden Ring. Didn't compare it to Dark Souls at all, except Breath of the Wild. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's from software. It's the same company that did Dark Souls. What are you doing? Oh, oh man. my gosh. Oh, I just Elden think- Ring is the Dark Souls of <laughs> I only mention those because I feel like it's it happens a lot, and I agree with all of you. I do think it's very important to have a comparison for comparison's sake for someone who, you know, our reviews are our, our reviews are literally structured with should you play this, and it's like, yeah, you should play this if you like games like this, and then this is where we're gonna do a comparison. You know, I've learned about games uh, from Kelly's review because I don't play scary games, right? Like, but I've learned about scary shit from her reviews and being able to have played Phasmophobia and dead by daylight and you know read it and see where it's coming from or or even you know gabe's um uh latest review on hp critical for death store uh that was another one that i read and i was like i ain't gonna like this shit but it was really great because i got a sense of what that game was right it's uh and i can if i wrote it you know i'd compare it to hades and i don't know how good or bad that comparison would be but I think comparisons are perfectly fine, so everybody should calm down and uh, have a nap or go to sleep, because that's what we're about to do, because that's the end of this podcast. So thank you, Kelly, Gabe, and Brandon, for another week of wonderful discussions of gaming news, and uh, thank you all for continuing to listen. Sorry about missing us last week, but we're back, and good night, everybody. Good night. Goodbye.